0: right now, we come to the centerpiece of history. The reason it's 2019 is because the time of years changed with the death and resurrection of Jesus. Our life is marked by that centerpiece in history. And I want to invite you to join with me in celebrating the world of arts as they come to enact that for us, the resurrection of Jesus. Let's put our hands together.
1: at the cross saw him take his final breath my God my God why have you forsaken me forgive them for they know not what they do woman behold your son John behold your mother I thirst
0: Cathedral! What a day! What a day! God is good all and all the time. And today we celebrate, well, you could say it's the greatest surprise in all of history. Have you ever been really surprised? I read about a pastor years ago. He served a rural community. And he was going to do a funeral. He rode with the funeral director in the hearse. And the funeral was quite a few miles away. So they went and they did the funeral. And they were getting ready to come back. And the pastor was very tired. And so the funeral director said, well, why don't you get in the back and take a nap? (laughs) Lay down in the back of the hearse? (laughs) That sounds kind of creepy. But the pastor was very tired, so... He did and he found out it was pretty comfortable and everything was fine until they pulled into a gas station. This was back in the days where there were gas station attendants that used to come and put gas in your car. So the gas station attendant is putting gas in the car. The pastor wakes up and sits up. And was he ever surprised? I think they're still trying to find him. (laughs) What happens 2,000 years ago, it's the greatest surprise in all of history because everybody, everybody thought he was finished. The last words that Jesus said on the cross were these It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And when the enemies heard those words, they thought it meant that Jesus was finished. They had done it. They had planned and plotted, and with help from the Romans, they had finally gotten rid of Jesus. They would never hear from him again. But Jesus did not say, I am finished. Jesus said, it is finished. And three days later, when he sat up and came back from the dead, they found out he was just getting started. He was just getting started. Now, the friends of Jesus, they too thought he was finished. In fact, this is part of the evidence for the resurrection, the change in his disciples. They believed in him until... He was put to death on the cross. And then they figured that he was like every other wannabe Messiah in the first century. When you study history, you find that there were plenty of would-be Messiahs in the first century, and every one of them ended up the same. The leader would be put to death, the followers would be scattered, and you would never hear from them again. But Jesus did not say, I am finished. Jesus said, it is finished. And three days later when he sat up and came back from the dead, that movement continued and today, there are over two billion people around the world that are followers of Jesus celebrating the resurrection. He was just getting started. Hallelujah. So when Jesus said these words, it is finished, what did he mean? It wasn't a cry of defeat. It was a cry of a victory, of achievement, of accomplishment. It's like an artist who finishes a painting or a writer who finishes a book or a manager who finishes a product. Or for you students out there, when you finally finish your homework, You can see how you feel after you finish. Or if you finished your taxes last week on time, you know how that feels to finish your taxes. The blood, sweat, and the tears, it's over, and finally you say, it is finished. When Jesus says, it is finished, it's a statement of mission, of accomplishment, that he has come and done what he was supposed to do that it is finished, and when you put your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, here's the takeaway for today. I want everybody to catch it. When you put your faith in the finished work of Christ, you are just getting started. I am just getting started. Say that with me. I am just getting started. I want you to own that. Own that for your life today. This is why the resurrection matters. What did Jesus finish when he was on the cross? Well, he came to take care of the sin of the world and that was finished. Look at what the Bible says about what Jesus did on the cross. It says, on the cross, God's son paid the price to free us, which means our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. Think about it this way. My wife and I, about a month ago, we went out to eat. After 35 years of being married, we still go out on a date now and then. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And so, we're out to eat at a new restaurant. We had never been there. And it was a great meal, a great time and we're getting ready to leave, and I asked the waitress, could she bring the tab? And she said that she couldn't because somebody in the restaurant had picked up our tab. God is good, all the time. and all the time. Actually, my first reaction was, excuse me? She said, that's right, somebody picked up your tab. I knew it was an expensive tab. Because I like to eat. (laughs) Some people eat till they're full. I eat till I'm tired. I like to eat. (laughs) So this is a very expensive tab at a nice restaurant. And somebody had picked it up. And I thought to myself, are you kidding me? There have to be some dishes I need to wash. Or some tables I need to bus. And she said, no, sir, your tab reads, paid in full, and you are free to go. I can just get up and leave? Yes, sir. You are free to go. And I left that restaurant with joy (laughs) and gratitude in my heart. And something like that takes place on the cross. That Jesus pays the price. For me, I'm not the best version of myself. We've all missed the mark. We've all fallen short. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our tabs might look different. My tab of sin may be greater than your tab of sin. But all of us have a tab of sin that needs to be paid for. And when Jesus goes to the cross... That's what he does, he pays the price for our sin so that the tab reads, paid in full. The Bible puts it this way, amen, let's give God praise. That's a good place to give God praise. The Bible says because we broke God's laws, we owed a debt, a debt that listed all the rules we failed to follow. But God forgave us of that debt he took it away and nailed it to the cross. Can somebody say amen? amen. Paid in full. And that can be a game changing word for somebody today. Because when you look at your life, you feel like you're stuck, stuck in the past, stuck at that table with guilt. And with shame one lady wrote this about her journey she said I'm 31 years old and divorced though I fought the divorce bitterly I still feel bad I have no hope for the future I go home and cry but no one is there to hold me when I cry I'm stressed out emotionally I feel so hurt and bitter I feel as if I will have to sit out the rest of my life In the penalty box if today you came to church and you feel like you have to spend the rest of your life in the penalty box there is good news take your sin and your past to the foot of the cross and receive the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of God (laughs) hallelujah Jesus was crucified for you, so you can stop crucifying yourself. And when you recognize that on the cross, Jesus paid the bill, paid in full, then you'll be able to say to your guilt, It is finished. You can say to your shame, It is finished. You can say to regrets, It is finished. You can say to despair, it is finished. I'm leaving my past and taking hold of my future. I am just getting started because Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. It's not over for me. I'm just getting started. Even if your life is in smoke and ashes, I... I, One of the real heartaches over the last couple of weeks for me was watching the fire at the great cathedral in Notre Dame. And it left so much destruction and devastation. So much of the church was left in ashes, but our friend Roma Downey sent me a picture of a cross inside the church that was still standing in the middle of all the ashes. Isn't that great? The cross still stands. And then she added this quote from Joan of Arc to that picture. Hold the cross high so I may see it through the flames. Hold the cross high. If you look at your life and all there is is smoke and ashes, hold the cross high today. The hope that we have in the power of the cross, that Jesus is the one who can take the ashes of your past and bring beauty out of them. You can leave your past and take hold of your future today. I am just getting started. Let's give God praise, amen. That's the good news of Easter. I'm just getting started, say that with me. I'm just getting started. Now, what else did Jesus finish? Well, he came to show us how much we are loved by God. And that also was finished. The most famous Bible verse there is reads this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. God didn't just love the world. God so loved the world. When you so love something, you do crazy kinds of things. In this one film, there's a guy who he so loves this girl. And, well, you do crazy kinds of things when you so love somebody. Watch the screens and you can see it for yourself.
2: Another angle Every angle ever
0: there's something missing Boy, forever and ever and ever when you so love somebody, you you do things like that. You bring them flowers, even when it's not your anniversary. Or you go for long walks even if you don't need the exercise. Or you take out your pocket knife and you carve their initials on the tree so that anybody who walks by will know, they'll know that you are in love. How much does God love us? Is it this much? Is it this much? Is it this much? The good news today is that God loves us this much. And 2,000 years ago, he writes our initials on a tree on Mount Calvary. So that everybody who walks by, they'll know that they know this is how much they are loved by God. The Bible says God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Are you kidding me? While we were yet sinners? We are so used to being loved, especially here in the Silicon Valley. We're loved based on our performance, on what we do. I mean, your bank will love you as long as you make your payments. And your boss will love you as long as you land new clients. And, well, your team will love you as long as you make those baskets. And your husband will love you. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. How many husbands do we have in the house? Let me see your hands. How about a big hand for all the husbands that are here today? Yeah, way to go, husbands. It's great to see you. How about if we get interactive husbands, wherever you're out on campus those watching online, If I ask you the question, well, why do you love your wife? And you were to say, well, I love my wife because... Time out. (laughs) Stop right there. Be very careful what you say next. (laughs) Because it could make or break the rest of the day. (laughs) Because as soon as you say, I love you because... You're really saying, I love you as long as. There are conditions. I love you as long as you have your wealth. I love you as long as you have your health. I love you as long as you have your shape. (laughs) And we all know how shapes can change. (laughs) One minion, he put it this way. He said, don't stress about your eyesight failing as you get older. It's nature's way of protecting you from shock as you walk past the mirror. Does that sound about right? We're so used to being loved because, and then God shows up with this amazing love and says, I love you just because. It's unconditional. Unconditional love. It's not because of what we do. It's because of who he is. And that while we were yet sinners, are you kidding me? Even when I was at my worst, God is the one who loves me the best. Oh, let that take hold of your heart today. When I was little, I had a teddy bear. Anybody else have a teddy bear when you were young? Let me see. I had a teddy bear, and I took him everywhere. Now, over time, he started to wear down. I mean, the fur rubbed off, and an eye came off, and stitches came out. He was coming apart at the seams. But that didn't matter to me because I loved that bear and I would still take him with me. I'd take him with me in the car. I'd take him with me to watch cartoons. I'd take him with me. Every night, he was with me in bed because even though other people would look at that bear, well, they may not see much. I love that bear. He was my bear. (laughs) And here's what I've discovered about life. Some things are loved because they're valuable. But other things are valuable because they are loved. And God loves us unconditionally. And when that unconditional love, even when I'm coming apart at the seams, God still loves me. And when that kind of love gets hold of your heart, it'll be a game changer for you. It really will. When that love takes hold of your heart, you can say insecurity, you are finished. You can say insignificance, you are finished. You can say low self-esteem, you are finished. I am loved by God. God knows my very worst, and yet he loves me the best. Hallelujah. This is what we celebrate. I'm loved by God, and I'm just getting started. I see a beautiful young lady right here what's your name Minerva Minerva. here's a bear for you today on this Easter Sunday you're just getting started God's got a great plan for your life amen I'm just getting started say that with me one more time I'm just getting started now that brings us to the final thing I'd like you to think about what else did Jesus finish Well. He had come to defeat the forces of darkness, and that also was finished. The Bible says this about what was really going on in the life of Jesus, that the Son of God appeared for this very reason, to destroy what the devil had done. To destroy what the devil had done. Are you ready to help me shout a bit? Let me ask you again, are you ready to help me shout just a bit? Yeah. A little victory dance, you ready for that? <laughs> Think of it this way: we all know what a mouse trap is. You, you, I can, there's a mouse trap up on the screen. You can see just to re- <laughs> refresh your memory. We know what happens with a mouse trap. You set the trap, you put out the cheese, the mouse comes takes the bait, and then he feels something on the back of his (laughs) neck. St. Augustine was one of the great thinkers in church history. And he said that the cross was like a mousetrap. Follow me on this. Satan was tired of losing. When Jesus showed up on this earth, there's something else that's going on. It's a cosmic battle between good and evil. And Jesus keeps defeating Satan. Jesus keeps winning and winning and winning, and Satan keeps losing and losing and losing. And finally, Satan comes up with an idea and says, If I can nail Jesus to the cross, that'll be it. I'll finally have my victory. And so that's what he does. He pushes for Jesus to be nailed to the cross. But when he does, he finds out he's fallen into the trap. And he feels something on the back of his neck. The foot of Jesus comes down on the back of his neck. Right there on the cross. Wow. The Bible says that there on the cross, Christ defeated all powers and forces. And here's why that matters. Here's why that can be a game changer for us. It's because Jesus was victorious back then. When I identify with him, his victory becomes my victory. And I can live in victory today. This cross we used during our Bible interactive experience here at the cathedral during Lent. People would make their way around the seven sayings from the cross, and at the very end, they would take their fingerprint and they would press it against the cross. If you look carefully, you'll see that it's covered with fingerprints. It was a way that they would identify with Jesus and his work on the cross. And this is how you discover who you really are. When you take your identity and link it to his identity, you find out that you were not born to lose, you were born to win. That you're not born to be a victim, you're born to be victorious. That you're not born to be overcome, you're born to be an overcomer. This is who you really are. His victory becomes my victory. And the Bible says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That means that I don't have to live in defeat. We all experience defeat, but I don't have to live in defeat. Instead, when Satan tempts us, we can put Satan under our feet. When Satan deceives us, we can put Satan under under our feet. When Satan comes to discourage us, we can put Satan under our feet. Losing mindset, you are finished. Stubborn addiction, you are finished. Terrible temper, you are finished. Death is defeated, the devil is defeated, Jesus was victorious, and his victory is my victory. I'm just getting started today. (laughs) Hallelujah, that's what we celebrate, amen. I'm just getting started. Say that again. I'm just getting started. Boy, as the worship arts team prepares for this final number, I want you to hear a story of a young man here at the church who, once he turned his life over and surrendered to God, well, he found out that he was just
3: getting started. Here's his story. Uh, My name is Pablo Serrano, I'm 29 years old, Uh, I'm from Eastside San Jose. I grew up in a broken home, mom and dad were in and out of prison, uh, on and off the streets, Um, lost custody of me when I was very young, I ended up just uh, living with my grandparents, staying with them, and um, I got exposed to a lot of things that were, not supposed to be exposed to a kid, I guess. Um, drugs, violence, pornography, um, just led down a path of hate and anger and um, just learned a lot of bad things that shouldn't be taught to a kid. Now I was looking up to people who were living a harder life than I was even seen as a kid. And now I'm getting involved in, in these things that uh, are only leading me to a path of destruction. I always had this hope in me though. I don't don't know how to explain it. It was just like, there's a way out somewhere. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know know, if, but there was just something that was like a light to me. I remember about 19 or 20 years old, 19 or 20 years old, uh, there was a devastating death in my family, one of my cousins had got killed. I would have nightmares every night. One of my older sisters had invited me to church. So I kind of started going with her, and then it it just started like drawing me to God. And I remember God would speak to me, and He would He would He would speak to me during a uh, during a message and say, "You're not gonna, this ain't gonna be your life." It wasn't until uh, um, I had a very bad night where uh, me and my wife got into a pretty big argument. I was drunk, I was high, um, you know, just. Was just hurting her uh, emotionally and verbally, and I heard this voice that said, "God's gonna take care of you. God got you. Don't worry about it. God is gonna take care of you." And my eyes were open, so I. Surrendered. And I said, you take over, it's in your hands now. And from then on, it was just completely different. So nowadays, uh, four years later, God has just installed dreams within me that I'm like, whoa, that's that's not something I would have ever thought of. Nowadays, I love on those who people don't love on, and I try to do my best in, in every area of my walk. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect Christian. I'm not, um, nothing related to that, but I do my best to try and be the light.
0: The power of Jesus to transform a life. Pablo and his family are right over here. Would you stand? Can we give God praise? When God changes a heart, it touches a family. Pablo, thank you for sharing your story, man. Thank you. Oh. Wow. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Maybe today during the service you were feeling that nudge that Pablo was sensing, and you'd say, today, Pastor Ken. I know about Jesus, I've heard about Jesus, but I've never really stepped across the line and declared myself a follower of Jesus. And I don't want to be a fan of Jesus, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I'm all in. Every journey starts with a step, and today you want to take a step into a relationship with God that starts now and continues forever. And if that's the decision you're making today, would you lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. Wherever you're at, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you. God bless you. Up in the balcony. Just lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. I'm 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 a follower of Jesus. I'm becoming a follower of Jesus. Today is my day. It's my day today. It's my day today. Let me say a prayer for everybody. Father, thank you so much for those who are making that declaration that Jesus, you are their Savior and their Lord, surrendering their life to you. God, thank you for making them a part of the family today. All heaven rejoices at this moment. We give you honor and glory and praise. Amen and amen and amen. Let's welcome them to the family of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family of God. Boy, this worship ours team is coming to celebrate one more time the unconditional love of our God. Welcome them as they come.
1: Unconditional, unconditionally, I will love you, unconditionally. There is no fear now, let go and just. Just as you are to me don't need apologies just know that you are worthy I take your bad days with your good I walk through the storm my would. I do it cuz I love you unconditional To be truly free, would you do the same for me? Cause I love you.
0: Would you let the Worship Arts team know how much you appreciate all that they've done throughout the Easter season. What an amazing, amazing team. And give a special thanks to Manuel Romero for playing the part of Jesus this season. So great to have you back. Love you, buddy. Oh, man.